Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. Is your dad Irish or British? He thought he was British until he found out that he was Irish. And so he's for real Irish? Well, he was born in India, so it was a long and complicated history. Is it like the jerk where he thought he was black and then it turns out he was a (laughs) white man the whole time? (gasps) No, (laughs) but he did have... He was born in India when it was a British colony in 1931 and he was educated in England and he had a very British accent. And he went to college uh, in or university in Ireland and then moved to Canada. And so he had always had a British passport. And then when he went to renew it sometime in the 80s, he was informed that he was not actually British and that he was Irish because he was born to Irish parents in a British colony. Oh, my fucking It was very God. complicated. Anyway, so he got an Irish passport, which he was delighted with. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah. you have one, too. I do. Well, happy fucking St. Patrick's Day, Mary happy Jane. Happy St. Patrick's Day, Mike. Yo, that's wild. So did it... I wonder if he feels like he was nationality adopted. He definitely felt like a citizen of the world. Mm. Oh, instead of poo-pooing it, he embraced it. And he oh. was like, I'm special. Uh, well, he didn't, Sorry, I don't want to say special. No, you know he d- I mean. no, he wasn't like that at all. He was just awesome about it. Like He definitely felt like um, a huge affinity with India. You know, like that was his childhood. And he always said that he felt like going from India to England during the Second World War because he was sort of shipped off to boarding school like most young boys were at that time. And he said it was like his life went from color to black and white. Oh, brutal. Yeah, he remembers like this beautiful, um, you know, sun-soaked childhood full of like flowers and, you know, animals and all that kind of stuff. And then he went to wartime England where, you know, there wasn't enough food and everything was cold and wet. So scary. Yeah. And then he dipped out of there and went to Canada and was like, okay, back on track. Time to save the world through the oceans. Uh, I don't know if that's what he was up to, but yeah, he, he went well, to... Well, don't hire me to be the ghostwriter then. <laughs> if you hire me to be your ghostwriter for your biography, I'm going to come in hot, swinging, and broad. <laughs> well, he went to Ireland where he went to medical school mm-hmm. um, at the Trinity College of Dublin and he was an uh, an oarsman. He rowed. He was a very like high... Um, I don't know high up but he was a he was a great rower Isn't there a sex term for it a what isn't it like a like a coxman or something like that there there is a there is a cox in a boat when you're rowing an eight and yeah yeah, yeah. You're, you're one of you is the cock yeah yeah no the cox the cox c-o-x double fan double dp uh-huh okay sure double row what do you mean db double boat what the cox what does that mean i don't know like a db like a double boat but instead, it's a deep of that. It's a DP for double penetration. And then you said the word Cox. And I was like, oh, maybe there's a joke in there about um, double penetration. But I'll change the P into a B. And uh, none of it worked out. Okay. <laughs> I literally have, did not follow. Like, I don't. That's so reasonable. <laughs> That's so reasonable. Okay. Sometimes my brain makes sense. And then if the words barely come out or they come out, um, in the wrong order, I can. I what I need is somebody who can just like do a single panel cartoon, like Farside or Family Circus, for mm-hmm. all of my thoughts, mm. so that all of them make sense and they're delivered in a way that makes sense to the people who are looking at them, hearing uh, them, seeing uh, them. Yeah, you need a cartoonist for your brain. I need a brain. Yeah, I need a cartoonist for my brain. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I think we all do it sometimes. Yeah, it would be great to just like have someone on hand to like map out what you're thinking to explain it to other people. I would love that. Fuck yes, because if I'm talking to you, I would say, unless I'm talking to you, I would say 60% to 64% of the time, my brain is just a sloppy mad lib and it doesn't make any sense at all. And then I start talking, and I'm scrambling to fill in the blanks as I go, and mm. it doesn't always work out. Do you feel like weed helps? Weed helps my Mad Lib brain? Yeah. Fuck yes. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, like, that beautiful adjective bubbles up at the last second, and I grab it, and then it comes out of my tongue. Oh, nice. It's so good. Yeah. I just pictured you, like, lassoing a thought with, like, a, a like a weed, like, smoke coming out of your mouth and lassoing a <gasps> thought. I love that. <laughs> like a cartoon. I was yeah. sort of thinking in a cartoon. Because you know in those thought bubbles, the cloud, you mm-hmm. know, where it goes boop, 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 yep. But instead that's weed uh-huh. giving you the answer you need. Yeah. 
<laughs> welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. Fucking welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. That's so good. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is a podcast. This is a long dog Yeah, of we a didn't podcast. even say hi to each other yet. <laughs> what up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? I'm feeling, I'm feeling like fly because there's going to be no edits. It's going to be loose. Weed and Grub is usually a podcast about cannabis culture, comedy, and calling shit out. And today it's about cannabis, comedy, culture, calling shit out, and just like flying free. And cartoons. And, and cartoons. Yeah. Man, I loved growing up. Uh, I had all the Garfield books mm-hmm. because he was my number one cat. He hated lasagna, or he loved lasagna and hated Mondays. So uh-huh. Relatable, you know what I mean? You've seen Garfield without um, Garfield, right? It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. That's my mind usually. Yeah, the existential <laughs> crisis that John is having just all the time. Have you ever seen the ones where John drinks cum? What? There's so many, if you Google no. Garfield cartoon, John drinking cum, there there are punchlines when he's at the vet and he'll drink something and his mouth will be all puffed out like a cartoon. Ugh. And the punchline is um, something about cum. I don't like that. <laughs> it upsets me. I don't like that everything has to like come down to like some gross thing like that. Like some things are sacred. Don't fuck with that. Garfield. Don't put cum in John's mouth. That makes me angry. Yeah. I don't want that. Tot- John Davis was like, uh, 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 I'm running don't, out of ideas. Don't do that. Although, you know, it does make me think of when uh, uh, when I was studying with Fiona Shaw at uh, the British American Dramatic Academy. This is a true story. Um, Fiona Shaw is an amazing actor and she uh, had us play mind games, or not mind games, word games, word association games. And we did it several times around the room. And she was like, do you notice a pattern? And when you play the word association games and you go in a circle, it always spirals into sex. No kidding. And uh, scatological stuff. Like it always becomes, you know, like you'll start with like highfalutin sort of, you know, ideas. Autonomy. Idea, idea words. And then it usually becomes physical words about like poop and cum and all that kind of stuff. And, And then sex and then death. Always. That's it. That's it. What a it's fucking same primal cycle. Every time. Wow. Yep. That's the the spiral of primal humanity just spoken into existence right there. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Because yeah. it's true. The funniest thing ever, still a fart. Yeah. Top to bottom. Sure. You know? Yeah. So it's like, you know, I understand the, the sort of desire to reduce everything to sex all the time and like to make like, you know, jokes about putting cum in people's mouths and stuff but I always kind of like I want to back away from that I want to like lift out of it a little bit yeah I want to sort of like put put myself a little above it honestly I want to feel better than that you know what I mean you oh do you find it to be so low brow that it's not funny or are you so uncomfortable because it's a little bit uh uh, blue I I think our our part of part of the cool thing about being human is that we can elevate ourselves above that and like have bigger better ideas than just poop and cum. Yeah. You know? I, yeah, but I immediately think about my favorite, one of my favorite comedy scenes ever. We were talking, we'll, we'll talk a lot about comedy in these quarantine podcasts. Yeah. My, one of my favorite scenes ever is in Dumb and Dumber when Jim Carrey accidentally takes the laxative and it's just <laughs> a physical gem of a scene with him in the toilet sure. at the fancy party. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. It's so funny. It's great. Yeah. But what makes you laugh these days? What like what are those gems that are above scat scat? Uh I don't know. I don't know. What about you? Well, it makes me think of things like the far side, to yes. be honest. Because that is so ungodly original and beyond anything I had ever thought of until I'd seen it. And then it was the only thing that I would want to read. Yeah. It was incredible. He's incredible. Gary Larson is, for me, there's like that Mount Rushmore of who I'd love to meet. Yeah. And he is probably in the top two or three. Totally. Yeah. He must be an amazing person. And he's, for sure, like, I think that's what I'm talking about. Like, his his take on things or, like, Calvin and Hobbes or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, Watterson, I think. It it feels sacred to me in that elevated way of, like, you know, they're, they're making us bigger... They're, they're helping us think outside our own, like, fucking soul cages. These, like, flesh and bone bodies that we're trapped in. Yep. You know, they help us, like, kind of transcend that trap. And the fucked up part about that, especially with Calvin and Hobbes, is that the, on the back of one in every three Toyota pickup trucks is Calvin pissing. 
Uh, I don't think I've seen that. You've never seen a Calvin P decal? Nope. Well, save your fucking time. <laughs> I would like rip it off. If you so if mad. you had like six Googles left, just save it. Okay. Yeah, it's not worth your time. No. But yeah, but again, something sacred and beautiful like childhood yeah. is uh, reduced to a pickup truck sticker of a P. Yeah. Fucking I think wild. That, you know, we always come back to that. Yeah, yeah. Like we're trapped in these bodies. We're just, and it is all like... Poop and poop and come and death, <laughs> and I, I just want to like have have my time be as much not that as possible. Absolutely, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's weird to think about how like I don't really like Monty Python, and you really like Monty Python, and yeah. it spoke to your childhood, and they really stay away from that. They're no, about they as, don't. They don't. No, you don't know. The thing is that you're like I don't like that, and I don't know about it. Like. <laughs> You don't like you've never have you ever seen the life is Brian have you ever watched it yes so like if you watch it, it like it's tons of poop and death jokes life of Brian is the one with the bunny right uh the crazy bunny that comes out of the cave and attacks all the knights oh yes yeah that's a great scene great scene. yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's like, you know, Monty Python are responsible for sit on my face and tell me that you love me. I'll sit on, sit on your face and tell you I love you too. I love to hear you moralize when I'm between your thighs. You blow me away. Like, they're all about being goofy and, you know, scatological. It's, they're not uppity. Yeah. I think you're just mistaken. I think I think well, you need so to do a deep dive into that. Maybe, maybe so. I mean, that's been the beauty of this whole quarantine is that I went on Twitter and wrote like, hey, I haven't seen a bunch of these movies. And then I got a bunch more recommendations. Tender Friends, Eric Wilson wrote, he has a, I've never seen Call Me By Your Name. Oh, it's and, Chalamet. Yeah. And um, Eric Wilson, If by the way, if y'all are looking for a brand new podcast, the Tender Friends just went to Vegas and I don't want to do any spoilers for their guests on their tender chicken tender Vegas tour. Yeah. But it's really good. And their episodes have been fire. Yes. Um, and so I asked Eric, cause he was coming for me like, fuck you. You don't like eighties. You don't like breakfast club. Well, John Ritter's okay, but breakfast club, what the fuck? So yeah. I was like, what do you like? And he told me, call me by your name. La La Land. I should see Lego movie was another recommendation. You haven't seen Lego movie. No, not it's yet. so good. Really? Yes. Ooh. It's so, so, so good. Okay. Yeah. See, this is what I'm talking about. It's like weird and subversive in amazing ways that you would never expect from like a dumb fucking movie about a child's toy. That's why I'm so small-minded. I've got like a walnut brain when it comes to the judgment of animation. And then I see Inside Out finally, like ah. two, two fucking months ago. And I think about it like probably every day, to be honest. There's a moment in my day where I make a choice in my head. And in that choice, I immediately think of Inside Out. Yeah. And who's in charge. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And who I want to be in charge. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because right now I feel like, uh, who's the hot cake? Uh, the, or the hothead. The hot cake. <laughs> <laughs> I got pancakes on the brain. <laughs> who's the flapjack? Who's, who? <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Bi- have you heard that new band, Bisquick Murphy? <laughs> who's that buttered biscuit? <laughs> who's the hot cake? <laughs> He's always got butter melting down his flames. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the hot cake. Oh, fuck. I don't know. The anger? Is that what you think? <laughs> I can't deal with it. Yeah, the anger, the yeah. hothead. Well, there, there's anger, <laughs> despair. No, anger, sadness, joy. Who are the other? Who are the five? Ang- anger, sadness, joy. Worry? Oh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> I don't know. And Anne. And Yeah. <laughs> Anne's usually in charge in my head. Anne's usually in charge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, what, do you know what your conscious looks like? Sometimes I try and picture what my uh, practicality looks like and what my good conscience looks like and not inside oh, me. I love thinking about that. Well, I did just do this cool exercise with this class that I'm taking where we had to name and then draw our inner critic and our inner coach. This is for the path. For the path class, yeah. And it was really cool. I mean, it was like kind of intense and deep and weird to like name those things and like draw them out and sort of look at them and be like, oh yeah, that's actually like saying some like intense stuff about who I am inside. Did you take a moment to think before you start drawing or do you just go and then hope to get out of your own way to like show your subconscious? Yeah, I just went. 
It was cool. So yeah, I have thought about it, I guess. My inner critic is a fucking asshole and my inner coach is awesome. (laughs) I don't want to say too much more about it, but yeah, I've identified them and recently like sketched them out on paper so I know what they both look like. Putting something like that on paper sounds scary, but also valuable. Yeah, well, the cool thing about it is kind of othering your inner critic so it's not you, you know? So it's not Fuck. you. It's not you being mean to yourself all the time. It's like someone else, and you can kind of shut that person down. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't let someone be mean to me, right? Hell no. Right. In fact, do you remember when we were walking late at night from UCB Theater, and that drunk dude came up to us and asked for directions, and he was more looking for a fight and less asking for directions. Yeah. And I was like, "What's up, dude?" And he tried to step towards you, and I stepped between you two. Uh-huh. And he was like, "What? What's up?" And I and I was like, "Yeah, I don't know, man. Sorry." And he was like, "I saw his fist go tight." Yeah. And it was just like, "All right, man. Well, we're gonna keep going." He's like, "Word." And then he like stood there for a second. Yeah. And then went on his way the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wild times. I do fucking remember that. I also remember you getting really mad at a guy who tried to sell me cigarettes in Vegas and price gouged me. Yes, I did. And you were like super mad about it and i was like oh that's so nice like Fuck that dude mike has my back i will always have your back <laughs> especially if i can like i I'm, a, I'm of the mind of like there is no right i know equality and unity but sometimes unity means stepping the fuck up and having somebody's back immediately and taking charge yeah straight up and that motherfucker in vegas can go fuck off <laughs> sorry i'm cussing a lot but. it was pretty funny yeah yeah it was definitely a moment where i was like oh this is cool like, he tried to buy american spirits and he was like 45 dollars <laughs> i mean it was on fremont street at two in the morning so why not he can charge whatever the fuck he wants no he can't <laughs> No, he can't. Well, I didn't not buy them. For, not for you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So I do, I, do know, I do know I have named and drawn my inner critic and my inner coach. How about you? I love that because having them inside me means that they're not on my shoulders. The yeah. little angel and little devil that you see on the shoulders in cartoons. Mm-hmm. Right now, I don't have either of them on a shoulder whispering to me. Mm-hmm. They're both like in my soloplex rustling it out at every moment so it would sound really nice to like give them wings and perch them like parrots on top of my sides i like that you just called it a soloplex like a cineplex oh yeah that's how you say it soloplex solar plexus soloplex soloplex yeah like the movie inside me it's like a place that exists <laughs> in your emo- body my emotional soloplex. my emotional criterion what's, collection yeah what's playing <laughs> in your soloplex today it's like half bergman half harmony corinne and well, that's about it. Yeah, nice. <laughs> that's intense. Yeah, it is. That sounds like an intense time in there. I don't know. Double feature. Woo. Yeah. Hey, do you want to? Hey, do you want to get to know me through kids and Seventh Seal? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I know. I'm like half breaking the waves and fucking. Um, you know all the dogma movies. Did you ever see like Celebration or? Oh, I only saw the Kevin Smith dogma. I didn't know about the dogma dogma. Well, the, the I think it's called dogma. Was the that sort of like group of filmmakers who made everything where it was like no added sound oh, and everything yeah, that's was shot Herzog with natural light and Corinne and um, oh you're gonna make me draw a blank breaking I, the waves breaking the, the fucking waves yeah breaking the waves who and dancer in the dark though? um oh my god my brain is sliding out of my he head also right did now the one with the comet coming towards Earth uh <laughs> and he's very dark and very sad everyone's screaming right now <laughs> what the fuck is his name. Hans oh. Vim. Vim Vendors? No, it's not. He might be in Dogma. No, I don't think Vim Vendors is the. I can't oh remember. Oh my God. My brain is applesauce right now. I, I can't, can't look it up. I'm so stressed out that I can't hold two thoughts in my brain, let alone remember things. Who the fuck did Dancer in the Dark and Breaking the Waves? It was. Um, la 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 la. Uh, oh. Not Stellan Skosgard. That's the actor. Will you punch me in the face to distract me? I'm taking off my sweater. I got too hot because I'm so stressed out. <laughs> Uh, anyway, my my soloplex would have a double feature of uh, Breaking the Waves and um, Ghostbusters. Hell yeah, that's yeah, a fun one. That would be my double feature. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'm I'm like half gummo and half mm, <laughs> naked gun. Gummo and Naked Gun. I think that's a good combo for me. I would buy popcorn and settle in for that. Yeah, right? Yeah. That's a great double feature. What kind of popcorn do you sell at your Soloplex experience? Super. You know what? I uh, This is a great topic uh, <laughs> because I, I know there's a lot of petitions going around right now, but I would love to also start some fun petitions so okay. that people can have some joy. And it'd be great if we can get caramel corn out of that triumvirate of popcorns during the holidays. Okay. I need more butter. I need more cheddar and hit me with a white cheddar instead of the caramel and I'll be a much happier person. So you're against kettle corn. Caramel. Caramel corn. You know the the 
the clusters of isn't that the same thing as kettle corn no kettle corn is a sweet pop from a kettle yeah with sugar yeah caramel corn is like those it's like caramel drizzled all over popcorn it's like the sticky yeah yeah, yeah. sticky nugs. and it's always the biggest section yeah and nobody wants it and it's always left over you need more butter more cheddar white cheddar and i'd hit it with a little kettle on top just, okay you know but nah i'm with you on that it's like who the fuck is out here candying apples too what are you doing? Why? Are you fucking sociopaths? I don't want that. I don't want a candied apple. The candy is disgusting. The apple underneath is mealy. You get all sticky and then you have to like, you know, throw the, the apple stick. away and yeah. hold the stick. Hey, no. you want to buy something and then hold the stick after two bites until you can figure out what went wrong? I think all fairground snacks are fucking bullshit. Like Whoa. I've never had a good fairground snack. I know coming out hot with that one. Okay. But look. Listen, I've never had... Okay, candied apples can go fuck themselves. Agreed. Also, I'm scared of them because when I was a kid, it was like, ooh, there's razors in them or something. I don't know. Like, I Oh, had like that a was weird, such a propaganda you know, machine. In the 80s, yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah, ooh, don't sure. do drugs and look out for razors and apples. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. Who who was in charge of that narrative? Yeah. Um, funnel cake? Gross. You don't like a funnel cake? No. Nope. I think they're so light and fluffy and delicious. It's just greasy. Like, if you've ever had a great churro, you understand what funnel cake wants to be, mm. but it never gets there. That's so funny to picture, um, like, a funnel cake who feels like he doesn't belong amongst the fried doughs, <laughs> and he sees, like, churro walk in, and churro's this A-list fried dough. Beautiful. And he, he panics and just, like, covers himself in powder, and then it's like... <coughs> With like a weird dusty cough. Yeah. And then Churro just walks by like, excuse me. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Out of my way. <laughs> I'm superior. Hey, Churro, can I just like... <laughs> I am a superior fried dough. <laughs> so yeah, fuck funnel cake. Never good. Um, also, kettle corn. Don't like it. Yeah, too sweet. Mm-mm. Doesn't match what you expect popcorn to be. Gets stuck in your teeth. Sticky fingers. Yeah. What about the large turkey leg? No. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? Nobody it's, wants that. It is way too much turkey. It's too much turkey. What am I, like medieval times? It's, no, I don't want that. I don't want to eat a giant turkey leg. It's too much turkey. Yeah. John Mulaney. Put it Nick in Kroll, a, make it too a Too ta- much tuna. What? <laughs> They're too much tuna prank. Sorry, I don't, I don't want to derail. Fairground food. Fairground food. But, uh-oh, one second. Uh-oh. What is happening here? Uh-oh. What? Oh, I don't know. My fucking earbuds just started getting connected. Oh. Are we still recording? We are. Your earbuds got connected? You got me a bad Christmas. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, dude. (laughs) Sorry I got you a high-tech Christmas gift that's fucking up your life. Don't use. Hold on. Let me disconnect them because I don't know what that means. Yeah. Okay. This is, a, this is a no edit hot drop it with some weird no- tech issues during the coronavirus quarantine time. <laughs> this will be a good time capsule for us to listen and look back on. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back to the turkey leg. Okay. It's too much turkey. I don't like but it. But I always want to take a couple bites from some sucker who gets one. I'm always down for a couple bites. Oh, you're that guy. <laughs> oh yeah, you're gonna get some fries. And yeah, you, I think I'm good. Yeah, and then you take the, like the best fry bite, the longest ones. Yeah, the the good nachos, as Tim Robinson, I think you should leave would say, the best. I fucking love that, and because it's so true. There's like that one best nacho bite, and you know you can't be that person. You can't take that from someone. Okay, on the fairground tip. Yeah. What about? Oh, see, they're all fried. Like it, the my biggest problem with fairground food is the quantity that you have to walk around with. Yeah, because I, don't, I love rides and I love games, uh-huh. and I don't need everyone knowing that I'm eating like a nine scoop sundae on a paper plate. And I just feel like also they never change the oil in the fryer, so it always has that like weird. You know, it's not like hot fresh. Like fried dough is an incredible thing. Yeah. I would eat fried dough every day, all day if I could. What are the it's ones? Like what tasty? A funnel cake wishes it was a beignet. Is that fair to say? Sure. Yeah. I think that's fair. A funnel cake is yeah, like a, a, a it has aspirations to yeah. be better than it is. Yeah. Also, cotton candy. Go fuck yourself. Fun. No. So fun on Don't the want tongue. It. Although, have you ever had medicated cotton candy? No. For a while there, before California went wreck, there was like this beautiful period of like everything that you could possibly put weed into existed. There was like medicated fucking pizza sauce and medicated fucking eye drops and medicated cotton candy. And I had some medicated cotton candy once and it kicked my ass. It was delicious. 
It was awesome. There was also a medicated popcorn that was really good. But those all went away with the new regulations. Yeah. Eye drops? <laughs> the medicated eye drops were, I had at a cannabis cup when I was in Vancouver. Um, and they were like so intense. And they got you stoned. How? Yeah. Like one drop is 10 milligrams. And then like, unfortunately, three drops fall into your eye. Like I'm picturing 28 days later shit right now. I, yeah. I don't remember the dosage, but I do remember. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. it was like... <laughs> Best of luck. It was like, you look on the side effects and it's like probably a lot. All I remember was like putting one uh, drop in my eye and then I saw this band that was a clown band that were a cover band for like Twisted Slayer or something. Hmm. Um, it was a weird day. Sure. <laughs> there was like medicated toothpicks and medicated eye drops were the two things that I had at that event that were both like, what? Are you putting weed in what now? That's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now they're in suppositories and Yeah. I totally so. fucking love that. Yeah. All the time. I'm going to put one in tonight. Dang. Yep. Bop. <laughs> Boof. <laughs> um, what about, okay, it's a couple more fairground foods I just want to get your opinion on. Okay. Because um, I'm anti. I know. Corn dog. Fuck off. Really? I've Is never it the had stick? It. It's the stick. It's the weird fucking, like the the coating, the corn. It's, again, the oil that's never fresh. So it's all like always that like kind of like faintly It's always old. greasy. Yeah, yeah, and it never tastes fresh. Like, I bet a corn dog when it's good is the most delicious thing in the world. I've never had it when it's super fresh and hot and crunchy. Agreed. I wonder, yeah, a gourmet corn dog is probably delicious. I bet. And then, because then instead of a wood stick, you can have a flavored stick or get rid of the stick and use something else on it, right? Like, couldn't you get a sturdy enough French fry so that that was the stick? <laughs> Maybe like a pretzel. A fucking pretzel? Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because then you can do a cheese hot dog, corn dog. What? Which also means the pretzel will have a little cheese on it, too. Oh, I like this. Yeah. I like that. Uh, okay. we, you know what? A fair. That's what we're doing this. Last time it was a garlic bread pop-up. Yeah. This time the we're weed, doing... The weed and grub fair? Yeah, we're yeah. doing high-end fair food. Cool. I love it. I love it. I'm not going to candy any fucking apples, though. Yeah, don't candy anything, no. honestly. Why would you do that? Yeah. Oh, you know what would be fucking great, and I wonder if it would work, would be candied grapes. Oh, shit. You know, I think little cold bites. Fucking frozen grapes candied? Mm-hmm. Honestly, that sounds like... Dipped in some fucking... Yeah, that like weird candy shell that's just it's just sugar yeah a thin yeah. a thin layer of that shell and then fuck. dipped in a little sour cream fuck doesn't that yes. sound good that sounds oh. will you describe <laughs> it one more time just so we can get the audio clean for people to jack off while they quarantine okay so it's frozen grapes that have been dipped in candy and then dolloped with a little sour cream and their little bites it's like dipping dots right god damn yeah. yeah will you do it as helen hunt Helen Hunt? You mean Holly Hunter? Oh, yeah. Will you, will you pretend you're on Mad About You and say it again? I don't know if I could do a Helen Hunt. Uh, I'm going to noodle on that one. I Helen feel like Hunt. I can, I'm automatically always doing uh, wh- whoever is like a, a Jewish curly haired com- comedian. Like I'm always doing Wasn't a little his name Paul Glazer? Reiser. Oh, Glazer was in Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, Paul, uh-huh. Paul Glazer. Or maybe Mike Glazer. It was a Glazer. Yeah. 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 I'm always a little Paul Reiser, a little Mel Brooks. Yeah. Just, you know, <laughs> I, I know where I came from. <laughs> your, your dad has been all over the place. I'm pretty sure I could pinpoint it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> heard. Heard. Oh, man. Candied grapes sound like the jam. Because then I'm picturing walking around with like a clear plastic solo cup mm-hmm. and just like popping them like you would goobers or anything else. Yeah. Like Dippin' Dots. Fucking sell these at the movie theater. Listen, it's the it's the latest snack. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be a thing. It's gonna be a fad. Grape dots. Grape. Grapelets. I don't know. I don't know. Grape babies. What else? What are, What are the other fairground foods that you want oh, to defend? Oh, l- large pizza slice. But I know what you're gonna say. No, it's not a fairground food though. Oh, you, I don't know what you're. I don't say. know if I've ever had a pizza at a fairground. Big fat slice of pepperoni, like you would get on the streets in New York. Oh, like a square boy though. Yeah. At a fairground. Yeah. Again, yeah. it uh, you have a grease problem, and I agree with you. Also, they're never thin and crust. They're mm-hmm. always thick, thick crusts. What about the cob salad? A co- a fairground cob salad, like in a cone. <laughs> 
I would eat the fuck out of that. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, a waffle cone cob salad. Yeah. Ever, what about that? Hell yes. Okay. That sounds amazing. See? Yeah. There's some options out there. Fuck yes. Put a cob salad in a cone with like the egg and the blue cheese dressing and the crumbled bacon and the avocado and the romaine lettuce and all that goodness. Can you make a crouton cone? Uh, ooh. I think I would want it to be a waffle fry cone. A waffle fry. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, oh fuck. Yeah, like I don't really want it to be a bread cone. I would want it more to be like a crispy potato cone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm picturing an orange waffle fry. Oh, okay. Is that what you mean? Sure. Or skin on. Did I tell you that joke? What? The first joke I ever wrote about French fries. <laughs> you have more than one? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh-huh. Did I say it? I don't know. I like my French fries like I like my women. Uh-huh. Go on. Skin on. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> fucking good though i like it i like it (laughs) it always worked except for with like a select few people in the crowd Mm -hmm. and i immediately knew what type of people they were because they would cross their arms harder and they would drink from their tiny vodka soda straws harder Uh uh-huh uh-huh yeah like nope not that one not giving it to you yeah yeah Yeah. i don't know yeah i i think it's great i'm a big fan (laughs) What are your other French fry jokes? My other French fry jokes? Yeah. Mm, that might be the only one. Okay. But I like to say that I have a bunch. You caught a French fry during a set in your mouth. I did. saw that fucking happen. Fucking stoned out of my mind and tossed from the crowd and standing ovation. I dro- I've only dropped the mic a couple times on stage, but I'm very proud that one of those times is because I caught a French fry in my mouth. It was amazing. I was there. I can attest to the fact that the entire room did like a fucking, yeah! <laughs> it was like people jumped out of their seats it was very exciting it's fun to fucking see that it's like you know better off scoring a hat trick you know it is a moment fucking great yeah do you know what people are doing right now during quarantine that i'm loving to watch is because there's a lot of plastic bottles and trash right now they are setting up a trash can in the middle of their kitchen or their living room and they're doing three-point contests like you would in the nba so they'll set up like five pieces of trash on this counter five pieces of trash on this table five you know and around the perimeter of the trash can and then they'll set a timer like they would for the three-point contest and they'll just start doing three-point shootouts together to pass the time awesome that sounds so fucking fun i think i need to find a virtual space to hang out in what does that mean i like i'm so glad to see you and hang out and record with you but like when i go home and i'm just like quarantined by myself in my house i like need to figure out like where the online space is where everyone's kicking it live stream with me okay live stream with everybody yeah i don't know it's not my uh go-to have you ever tried it no well, I'm well, arms firmly well. crossed about live streaming. Wow, you look like someone who heard a French fry joke <laughs> in 2006. You know, I actually had class this morning. I had a virtual class on on Zoom, and I was like, you know, it's like I I'm so grateful for the class and appreciative that people are like gathering in in virtual hangs. But I I don't know, it just doesn't do it for me. I need I need the real time. Yeah. Face, faces, yeah. and energy. It's wonder, the energy. Yeah. It's you know? interesting because the like, two sides of the coin when you say that to me are the people who... I was born during the internet, but not the internet that is today's internet. Right. And so the anxiety and depression hopefully balanced with the need to connect, but feeling like built in a way that connecting through online kind of gives you those same feelings that they give us to have human contact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a weird evolution to think about right now. Yeah. Strange days, right? Strange days. Cause I think about, um, some people that my brother might teach at Mm -hmm. school and how human contact for them is through FaceTime and Snapchat and how that hopefully is giving them the same feeling that I feel across from you right now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, the, 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 fact that we can like gather in virtual online spaces right now and still hang out even though we have to be by ourselves is like the fucking coolest but there's something for me I don't know if it's that I'm old school or just like I don't I don't know how to really like feel feel through the through the binary code or whatever have you ever, oh I'm sorry to interrupt no, no, I was gonna okay. make a sex I was gonna move it to sex right away oh yeah I don't want to be so horny please keep going no what are you talking about um, I want to hear it um like camming uh-huh has have have you ever gone to or checked out camming or anything like that? Yeah. But does it give you tickles? I mean, there was a time when it was very new to me. It was sort of like the advent of chat roulette, remember? It was like Yeah. Probably like 
God, over 10 years ago now. Yeah. But I remember when chat roulette was invented and I was like, what is this crazy thing? And then I sort of like started exploring just all of that, like, yeah, online meetings, virtual, virtual sex spaces and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I had some encounters for sure. And it was hot. It definitely was like interesting and new to me, but ultimately unfulfilling. And I like, it's not something that I, it's not a go-to for me at all. Yeah. I'm a very in-person person. Yeah. You know? It's sweet. I oh. love that about you. <laughs> Thanks. I do. Like, yeah, I understand there's so much more to a to healthy human connection than just something sexual and an orgasm and something that baseline. Mm-hmm. Or I don't I don't wanna say baseline. You know what I'm saying. Um Well what is your experience? Like are you are you into the cam sitch? Do you, does that turn you on? I'm not into camming and I'm not really into chatterbait. I've tried it a couple of times to see mm-hmm. and it doesn't really do it for me. Um but I also find this thing like with porn now, if I watch too much of it, I don't get horny anymore unless I'm watching porn. Mm. And so I don't know what the porn, I don't know what's going on with porn now, or maybe it's my age and maybe it's more hormonal and less pornal. Yeah. But the, maybe you're changing. But maybe I'm changing. But like mm-hmm. porn now, I, like it doesn't get me that horny. But also if I t- watch too much of it, I just don't get horny at all outside of watching it. It's very fucking weird. What does turn you on? Um, reading, <laughs> I was knowledge. Gonna be a, we had this conversation Straight when we up. started this I podcast. Read, I, I started reading erotica uh-huh, again, uh-huh. and it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yo, it's, no joke. Yeah. It's, it's the so best. hot. It's the best in the world. Maybe that's what it is, is because the best horny mechanism is my imagination, unless yeah. I'm with somebody. Uh-huh. And to read allows enough gap in it because I'm not being shown everything and i'm allowed to have fantasy yeah the little mystery fuck yo crucial that's amazing yeah i love that yeah erotica is like it can't be beat (laughs) 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 yeah and and so what you were saying about human connection and how i don't know if that's old school as much as just human yeah i mean i i definitely feel a huge anxiety at the fact that I'm going to be isolated without human connection. Like there's, that is like a massive like thing that I'm afraid of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it, is it because of your own thoughts? It's because I'm I'm like, no, no, not at all. I mean, I'm, I spend so much time alone and I've, you know, and I've got an amazing little, I got the fur fam. I got Archie and Bo to keep me company, but I just, I just want to be with people right now. I want to be with people. Like I'm feeling the need for human connection more than ever at a time when we're being told to self isolate and social distance ourselves. Yeah. Well, you're not saying you're feeling it in an irresponsible way where you're, because there are some people who are in the news right now, like patient 31 and that other person you told me about who are just like being, and some people (laughs) I've been texting with lately who are just like, I'm like, yo, there is there is responsible and then there is irresponsible. Yes. Yeah. There was a, I was just reading about a person in Kentucky who had been diagnosed and like tested positive for coronavirus and refused to self-isolate, refused to quarantine himself. So they like isolate, you know, they showed up at his house and were like, you got to stay in there, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely, you know, of course we have to be responsible. But I'm, I miss people. I miss my friends. I think, you know, in times of crisis and, you know, whenever things are like dark, it just makes me want to reach out to the people I love. That's natural. Of course. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. and the trick of it is that, like, everybody has their own different idea of what they need. Mm-hmm. And what you need is what other people might need, too. But the whole thing is, like, just a fucking tricky situation. Tricky. Uh, tricky woo. I, yo, and I don't know. I'm trying to read as much information as I can about all of this to mm-hmm. just feel as educated and up to date well, while also <laughs> filtering through. And it's it's also a fucking slog. On that note, have you read my latest for Rolling Stone? Oh! <laughs> just dro- uh, uh, dropping uh, that in uh, there. Uh, 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 uh. It's so fucking good, Mary Jane. Thank you, Mike. Congratulations. Thank you. I was really, really uh. proud to write about the coronavirus virus and how it's affecting the cannabis industry for Rolling Stone. And it was like really neat to, you know, get in touch with a bunch of different people from a du- like different parts of the industry, like cannabis tourism and the manufacturing distribution side and, um, you know, all different folks like in the data space, just talking about, you know, what they can forecast, what they've seen happen, what they think is going to happen. It was cool. It's written beautifully. 
Thank you. I know you worked your ass off on it. I did. Do you realize what a big deal it is to cover the coronavirus and cannabis for Rolling Fucking Stone? It feels pretty cool. Yeah, I do. I do realize that it's a big deal. It felt very, um, I don't know. Yeah, I was really proud. There are times Thanks. in my life that I, since I've known you for a while, that it is like just a straight up honor to know you <laughs> and feel like I really know you. And when I see you work so hard on something that ends up on the front page of Rolling Stone and it's so good, I, it's an honor to fucking know you dude thanks thank you i don't know um that makes me feel shy but um thank you very much i was i was really proud to see it published and um you know i'm really excited to just like kind of talk about all the different ways that it's affecting the industry you know like there's cannabis sales are up was one thing that um sure those panic spikes yeah there's definitely like the sales are robust and that's all good but there's going to be a disruption in the supply chain um, you know, tourism, obviously, like all those weed tourism businesses are suffering terribly. Yeah. You know, all the weed events around the world have shut down, like Spanibus. And well, obviously, we're supposed to be at South by right now. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, we're like two days from our live yeah. show. <laughs> our, our panel is the day after tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's affecting the weed industry, just like it's affecting all industries, obviously. Um, and hopefully that businesses will be able to bounce back after everything calms down. I've had a bunch of people DM me on IG, um, just asking if I have the plug for anything. Oh, and for it, weed. For weed. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh, we've talked about this on here before, like, don't ask us, but these are people I know. Mm-hmm. And these are people that I smoke with all the time. And it's very weird to have this point blank open invitation to become a part of the legacy market right now through my phone huh. with kind of like w- the repercussions being kind of more minimal than ever before, I would almost argue to say. Sure. I mean, there's no one out here policing, you know, illegal weed sales at the yeah. moment. They're bigger fish to fry. Exactly. Yeah. Um, bigger blunts to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> also still, please don't, you know, yeah, ask don't. me because I said no to everybody. Um, but- I do like that you're calling it the legacy market. I think that's an important distinction that I've seen like the switch over to, you know, it's not the black market. It's the tr- traditional mm-hmm. market or the legacy market. Or, or the illicit market in some cases. I like illicit, but I don't like that actually too because I think legacy gives the honor where the honor should be. I do. I like the legacy market so much because, yeah, it, it gives, you know, the, those folks who have operated underground for all of those years the, the honor and credit that they're due. Yeah. So if you catch yourself saying black market, hit it with a little switch. Hell, yeah. Legacy. It, yeah. You know, you know it, it's not like a bad thing if you fuck it up, but I think it's a cool way to honor the fact that we do have legal cannabis in so many states and mm-hmm. it will become federally legal. I feel like sooner than later, to be honest, at this point. Yeah. You I know, mean, well, because the economy, you've got to open up trade. Yeah. And as far as trade goes in a in an economy like this, you need anything robust and plentiful. So if you can cross state lines with flour and provide that flour to dispensaries across other states, mm-hmm. now you have an economy and market that needs that we need. Yeah, it's so interesting that the cannabis is like such a unique industry and in that everything is hyper local because it can't cross state lines. So every state has its own little market. So when, yeah, it opens up federally, it's going to be a really interesting time where we can... I can see it by the end of the year, to be honest. Get good Oregon weed out to the people who need it on the East Coast or, yeah. you know, whatever that is. You know, well, I, I think that... Uh, Anyone forecasting anything right now, no matter what it is, if it's the weed industry or the, you know, fucking anything, like nobody knows what's going to happen at all. Nobody knows, but I feel very, I like my train of thought on this one because the job market, the economy, trade, it'll all fall back into place Mm -hmm. in some ways, but we need jobs and there are no jobs right now. Mm -hmm. So if you, when we get through the coronavirus and everything opens back up, by making weed federally legal, now you have truck drivers, now you have supply chains, now you have farms, like you can go trim on a farm and mm-hmm. because they have this over this surplus of cannabis that couldn't go past Colorado before, now it is gonna go to New York. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is an economy stimulation that I see 
as being a smart choice. It's crazy to think about how many people are losing their livelihoods right now because of this entire, like this whole shutdown and isolation. Like there are so many friends of mine. I worked in the restaurant industry for like 20 plus years. So many friends of mine in that whole world, the just out of work and the entire entertainment industry. I have one of my friends was just about to open up like a career making show at the Humana Festival in Louisville. And she just wrote this amazing piece that I shared on Facebook about how like that dream ended, but she also sees now being a time for storytelling being incredibly important. You know, it's just like a crazy fucking time. Everyone's, you know, suffering. Yeah. Restaurant workers, artists, fucking cab drivers, dog walkers, what was the Amanda Duarte quote that you posted? Uh, oh, Amanda Duarte posted it. it was a, a Malcolm X quote that is, uh, if you take, if you replace the I in illness with we, it becomes wellness. Whoosh. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful shivers. Yeah. The right kind of goosebumps. A little arm hair barometer there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No doubt. Mm-hmm. She's the one too who posted about how there was a blue sky in China for the first time in a while. Yeah. Man. I mean, this is definitely uh, affecting the globe, you know, in that way, it's the climate crisis is, you know, it's giving the planet a minute to breathe. Yeah. So yeah. That's one silver lining, one bright spot. There it, are a few. There are know. a few. Yeah. Yeah. I have so much faith that we're going to get through this. Um, I, I really, I'm really into my hope right now. Yeah. My hope feels good. My hope feels strong. You're into hope. I'm into hope. <laughs> yo, you wow. into, yo, you into hope? Yo, come here. <laughs> Hope is my drug. Yeah, I stand outside Whole Foods yeah. with, uh, you know, PETA and everyone else. And I'm like, do you have a moment for hope? <laughs> you Like you're Gary Veeing it? <laughs> yeah, gratitude and hope. <laughs> Look, if you want to trade baseball cards, trade baseball cards. Oh. But you know what you should really be trading? Hope. 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 Hope exponentially valuable. The profit on hope these days, yeah. huge. Let's all traffic in hope. Let's traffic hope. Let's traffic in hope. <laughs> oh my God. I was at fucking Whole Foods uh, yesterday, you know, trying to buy anything. And uh, I came out and there were people there like trying to uh, get me to sign something. I don't know. They had clipboards and they asked me if I had a moment. I was mm-hmm. like, are you insane? <laughs> no, I don't How have any time. How long is that pencil, dude? Yeah. Is it oh. a six foot pencil? What? <laughs> are you doing get away from me yeah no i don't have a moment to talk about whatever it is that's on your clipboard mm-hmm. no i don't sorry here's a cup i'm gonna go over here mm-hmm. and talk to you through it and then hand you a six foot pencil and then just sign on this tiny little clipboard with it and then be on your way yeah it was just so strange to me like i think it registered on my face because like the you know when i came out and she was like do you have a second and i just looked at it and she was like oh I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, like I, who has a second? Who? Who? Who is stopping to talk to you right now? Right. I just sounded like an owl. <laughs> who? 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 Who is stopping to talk to you? You're like one, two, three. No fucks given. <laughs> I was not. It made me mad. Don't do that. People yeah. are in crisis right now. Don't I, try and get me to sign something. Jesus. I have a guess for what it was for too, especially oh. in this area. Oh, yeah. You know what? I bet you're fucking right. Mm-hmm. It's weed related. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I bet it's from the the four. The legacy four. Yeah. The legacy four who are trying to get a petition going because they've been moved out of being the biggest, uh, uh, the biggest retailers retailers in the game yeah. and they're like oh no we're losing ground yeah well you know what i support them because they were the ones who broke ground under prop 215 in california to be like the original weed shops there are four of them in west hollywood and then when the california market went wreck in 2018 and a bunch of other places opened up they didn't get the licenses to sell weed with the rec license and so now they're arguing that they should just be like grandfathered in because they were here first right which you know yeah i agree with that why do you agree with that? Because I feel like they've done all the fucking work and now they're being punished for I guess existing. my biggest question is why they didn't get the license. Uh, yeah, I guess. I you don't know, know I that mean? much about it. I'm kind of talking out of pocket a little bit. So it's okay. I should educate I myself. Yeah. Like We can educate ourselves. I just would sign something like that um, if they were... If they didn't get those licenses for some bureaucratic bullshit, yeah. but if they thought they were too special and the rules didn't apply to them, then then I have a problem with that. <laughs> I don't know if it's their, them being like, we're special. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think we're... their business is just trying to stay afloat, you know, yeah. but don't try and get me to sign something outside of Whole Foods on, you know, coronavirus lockdown time. That's the bigger point. Get away from me. <laughs> get away. No. I wonder, like, 
why those people because i know that medmen is funding most of that and so they're paying these people to go do these petitions sure so it's a gig like it's not necessarily people who work with medmen you can hire a petition business person yeah to go out and like whatever your petition is you can just hire a a clipboard holder a clipboard company to go do that for you Uh uh-huh yeah yeah so in a weird way also respect because i mean it you're i would I would phone that in to try and get a payday and stay away from everyone. I've always wondered what the psychology is behind the people who stand on sidewalks and try and get people to stop and talk to them to sign anything. Because when I lived in New York, like, you know, on Fifth Avenue or whatever, like kind of midtown, you would have these people and they would just like every person passing them. So they would like get people being, you know, mean to them hundreds of times a day yeah. to be like, fuck off. No, get away from me. What are you doing? And I was like, what is, what is the, the tolerance for abuse that you have to have when you're working those positions and the belief in what you're doing just mm-hmm. doesn't, I don't know how you do it. I don't know either. Cause then you hop on the Christmas Salvation Army train. They give you a Santa costume of Bella and you're like, oh, fucking sweet relief. Yeah. Interesting. You think that's an easier gig? To ring a bell and let people pass you? Yeah. With a bucket, and if people drop change in, then good on you both. Let them make the decision. Right. Yeah, I think, I wished I didn't feel this way, but I feel this way. There's just too many causes, and I've got to prioritize my cause time. Sure. You know? Yeah. And at the end of the day, I'm already on my heels if anyone wants to talk to me. Do you have a list of causes that you support? <laughs> yeah, climate change. Uh-huh. Uh, you support weedly, climate change? I support, I support changing the climate. Uh-huh. I'm kind of woke. Um <laughs> Kind of like the Pete Buttigieg of uh, West Hollywood. Oh my God, he's right now fucking hosting uh, Kimmel, right? Yeah, he's guest hosting Kimmel he, to an empty studio. Good. Yeah. Good. I'm yeah, so dude. glad I didn't turn in a packet for that show. Oh my God. Can you God. imagine writing jokes for an empty Buttigieg audience? What? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Fucking no. I don't mind running into you on Runyon Canyon hiking, but sure. I don't. I don't like politicians parlaying. Their seemingly, their seeming desire to become president and help change the world uh-huh. into trying to get into Chateau Marmont as an A-list celeb now. Yeah. Oh, here's your late night career. Yeah. You know, when Sean spent, or what's his name? Spicer? Sean Spicer? The, um, he was the um, spokesperson, the White House spokesperson. And he... Yeah, he hid in a bush. He went on... Yeah, <laughs> he fucking did. He went on Dancing with the Stars. Yes. And I was like, that just shouldn't be allowed. You no. know, if you've been a political figure, I don't think you should be able to be on fucking TV. Just Public for, servant you know, does not mean entertaining celebrity. Mm-mm. No, it's not okay. Because then it sort of normalizes everything they did and it's just okay, you know? Yeah. Can you imagine Bernie Sanders having a Food Network show after this is done? Kind of. No! <laughs> Woodwatch. <laughs> I know, that's the problem. At the end of the day. He'd be making hotcakes. <laughs> He'd be like, little maple syrup on my flapjacks. You know, that was not a problem. I don't even know what he sounds like. Not too much. It says yeah. a cup. I'm going to use a half a cup. Yep. <laughs> the, I, we yeah. Had it, we had enough maple syrup for seemingly one night. It lasted for eight <laughs> breakfasts. <laughs> Yes, would watch. Breakfast with Bernie? Breakfast. God damn it. You know, who's his co-host? Oh, um, I don't know. Breakfast with Bernie. And and he needs a sidekick? It's a morning it's a morning breakfast show. Who's Maybe his VP of yeah. of breakfast foods. Yeah, he's gotta have someone in that other chair. Who do I love? Yeah. Fuck man. Fran Drescher, I'd watch her again. Oh. I feel like she's due for a comeback. She is she's got a comeback. She's got a new show coming out right now. Oh really? It's so funny that you say that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think of like that nostalgia I think partner. Bernie with Fran Drescher, would, your ears would just like, your ear holes would plug themselves up. They'd be like, no, it's too much. The siren it's song. too much with both of those. I think you yeah. would need and someone. And Susie Essman is the uh, <laughs> musical guest and she just screams for oh, an hour and a half. Fuck, my brain hurts just thinking about it. <laughs> I would think like breakfast with Bernie, I would want a woman. I would want like a young woman, mm-hmm. uh, a young funny woman. Who? Alana Glazer. That's amazing. I think like Bernie and Alana would fucking be awesome to watch together. Oh, yeah, right. And she would like keep him in check because she'd be super fucking sassy. Absolutely. And like smoke weed together and make pancakes. God damn it. Breakfast right? with Bernie. Breakfast Pitching with it right Bernie? now. You I heard it here it. first. Yeah, right? <laughs> she has like a little mushroom tea. Yeah. He doesn't have that, but she's like tap tap on the capsule. Mm-hmm. 
Fuck, I would watch the shit out of that. Right? See, that's see why right I, I, I'm mad at Pete, but I like Bernie, so it's okay. <laughs> I'm such a basic human. Oh, me too, though. You know, you only want to see the people that you like. <laughs> you know what I am fucking glad about is there was a Fox News person who, you know, I don't even like saying the words Fox News, but there was a woman who was taken off the air because she was so fucking egregious with this whole coronavirus thing. Did you hear about that? I did not. Trish Regan or Reagan? I'm she, glad Fox News is taking a little bit of a stance. A little, finally, a little bit of a stance. She was like the coronavirus is an impeachment hoax and they were like okay all right well, you can just calm down yeah yeah fucking lunatic yeah it's like don't go full national inquirer yeah let's not yeah the bat boy <laughs> started the coronavirus when he fucked bigfoot oh my god and bigfoot went to a gas station and got skittles <laughs> lunacy lunacy <laughs> Fucking yo. Um, what else is going on? We In, got we we're rolling here. Yeah, we are. Um, I'm looking for cooking. Uh, my favorite thing to do right now is always my favorite thing to do. But usually, I want to do like short food things. Mm-hmm. And now I'm looking for like three hour sauces. So okay. like your bolognese. Yeah. Bolognese. 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 Your paparadelli bolognese. Yeah. Pap. Our Deli Balaganese. <laughs> That's my stripper name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Papa Deli Balaganese. When the moon hits our eyes. There goes your bra. Let's, uh, yeah. I just have like salami slices over my nipples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is there like... A little pizza slice over my cooch? Yeah. With Is there any um spig- like um, uncooked spaghetti poking out behind the pizza slice? Oh, like hanging out of my vagina? No, like 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 a little bit of pew. Oh, maybe. Never mind. I knew <laughs> as soon as I said it. I'm just God picturing putting pasta in my vagina forget it i hate that i said that what will you pour garlic sauce on yourself or yes that's hot will do 10 10 only fans starting an account (laughs) where you wear salami on your nipples Mm -hmm. and pour garlic sauce on your body yep paparadelle balaganese (laughs) 5.99 subscription (laughs) when the moon hits your eye it's gonna be great I'm gonna make so much money it's so good have you heard about that new cam girl Papadelle Balaganese she's amazing she's amazing yeah mm-hmm. she just I'm <laughs> repeating it because I can't get it out of my brain well speaking only of only $5.99 well okay so if I have $5.99 times 12 months just give her all your money just give it <laughs> give it all to her speaking of hot food content Mm-hmm. You made a sandwich that was come worthy. Thank you. Yeah. I've never poached tuna. I've never poached anything besides an egg. Oh. And poaching tuna was an absolute joy. I think my favorite part of that whole sandwich was infusing olive oil. Okay. Um, I I learned on Worst Cooks in America how to infuse olive oil, but not really because it was for TV. So we never got to do it for real. Okay. They were like, this is how you do it. And then they'd give us three minutes to infuse it when you need 15 because they want you to fail because that's good TV. Mm-hmm. And last night I infused the olive oil with pepper, red pepper flakes, huge slices of lemon skin and uh, bay leaves and crushed like five or six crushed garlic cloves and then let that simmer for 15 minutes like very low where you could put your finger in it so that it wasn't that hot but it was just a couple bubs Mm -hmm. bubbles and a couple bubs (laughs) man you need a cooking show i would watch it it's fucking great couple bubs (laughs) couple bubs wait this was a uh salt fat acid heat recipe right what's her name name samin nishrat i i will look it up um, I can get my phone right now. No, but it's okay. I, I want to. What we should do in the comments is post her munchies video that started this whole thing. Yeah, because it is the sexiest fucking t- tuna sandwich I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah, you were fucking telling me about it, and then yeah, I came over today and you served me the fucking result, which I have to say was the most delicious tuna sandwich I have ever had. Thank you. Nailed it. I'll make you another one. Okay. All I want to do right now is cook and serve people food. So um, just know that you which are you that can't people. Do because everyone, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm the person. Yeah. I'm going to get this bo- this beautiful body into uh, cam girl shape by eating all of your tuna sandwiches. Exactly. Yeah. You got to look like a bowl of pasta. You yeah. want It's your meatball. Yeah. Let's get you. Papardelle Bolognese <laughs> is not skinny. Come on. She's a curvy girl. <laughs> I need your help. I got you. Okay, good. Oh, man. Um, fucking people are going to be sh- shooting cheese sauce everywhere. 
<laughs> their cream sauce. Jesus, I fucked that up. How do I have cream sauce right there for the punchline and I go cheese sauce like a fool? Oh, wow. Shout out, weed. <laughs> Wait, poached tuna. Poached yellowfin tuna. In infused olive oil. Yes. And then? Um, so the... I, I did like a quarantine twist okay. because I didn't have cucumber and tapenade and tomatoes and all of the things that go in a delicious um, tuna sandwich. Mm-hmm. So you take that tuna, it's like medium rare by the time it's done poaching, about nine minutes, and you pull it out and it should have that medium rare look on the inside. Let it cool, let mm-hmm. it cool because the carryover cooking, mix it with, I did mayonnaise and garlic in a mortar and pestle. Fucking delicious. delicious. And I chiffonade some basil and I had some capers. So mixed all of that together as the tuna and then pickled some red onion, put it onto an everything ciabatta bread from Trader Joe's with a little arugula and a little of that pickled red onion, cut it into a triangle, call it a day. Fucking delicious. And that triangle bite, I'm anti-triangle. I am I am cut it down the middle squares always. Whoa. Always. The triangle was crucial because I got like corner bites. Corner bites are yep. white. It was so good. When you have a square, what's your first bite? Like the the units, you know, two bites per square. Like you I love I love a club when it's cut, you know, four ways, uh-huh. and then each square is two bites. But then you're eating the triangle of the square first. Uh, well, I bite it into a triangle, so right. each bite becomes a triangle. Right. So two because two triangles make a square. So you love a triangle. You just like two of them at once. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. I'd be a great lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> and I think she likes triangles. <laughs> I have just proved to you that you love triangles. <laughs> I feel you on a club. Yeah. I, I prefer a club and a square. That four four cut club yeah. boy with the fucking toothpick though. Mm. Again, hate, stick food, man. Anti toothpick. Yeah. Don't put sticks in food. I hate it. I hate it too because sometimes you won't realize it on a burger mm-hmm. and you take that bite and ugh. Yeah fucking sucks no. but yeah thank you for appreciating my triangle cuts for that sandwich the goddamn sandwich was like legendary i made a video of it i'm editing right now because i think i'm just going to be cooking in my robe what do you think of a couple of titles okay if i do a bunch of robe cooking videos yep the thirsty chef okay the th- uh thought chef thought chef yeah okay <laughs> just because of the four letter four letter yeah 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 um or a uh, dude in a robe I like the thirsty chef. The thirsty chef. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's something to it because it calls it out a little bit, and it's also funny and charming. I'm wearing a pink robe with no shirt. It's great. Yeah. People are gonna fucking jizz cream sauce all over their screens <laughs> when they watch you. I love that your, your only fans is uh, Papardelli Bolognese. <laughs> it's it's me, just like making tuna sandwiches in a robe. Mm-hmm. And, and then and that's your only fans, that's the my thirsty only chef. Fans. And then you're feeding me those sandwiches. Oh. Whoa. In, yeah, in like a, in a dual screen where you think two people are in a different location. And then, yeah, the hand just comes in from out of frame and hands me the sandwich that I then eat. Well, what am I wearing? If you're wearing your pink rub with no... I thought you were wearing a pizza slice and salami nipples. Yeah, I think I'm wearing a pizza slice and salami nipples. <laughs> that is what I'm wearing. People want to see... People only want to see a bare chest. I don't think people like to see naked dudes. Uh, yeah, I don't, you kind of keep, keep the robe on, but a little, little peek at the, at the chest is yeah, good. It's like, I think the male body is like erotic literature. You got to leave a lot to the imagination. Oh, I like that. Right? It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Fem- females are beautiful. The most beautiful bodies. Thanks. So. I'm taking that personally. Damn right. I appreciate that. Hell yeah. I, for all women, thank you for saying that. <laughs> Do you have a moment for all women? A compliment yes. for all women? I don't know. If you're asking me to sign something, no, I do not. <laughs> Get away from me. <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about on this podcast was something that you introduced to me that a quarantine should do, and that is watching studio spirited away movies oh studio ghibli yeah yeah because as of right now i still haven't seen totoro and i still haven't seen ponyo and i still haven't seen scarface and i still haven't well seen... scarface is not a studio ghibli movie you know that right oh it's not no <laughs> oh i thought he did <gasps> no <laughs> but wait what are you saying about all of the ghiblis um that thank you for introducing me to them i'd like to watch them with you maybe we could do like an instagram would you do a live story with me Maybe. Where we can talk with people on the Weed and Grub account, and I'll be on my um, my IG, and you'll be on the Weed and Grub IG, and then we can talk with people or switch. Sure. We can do virtual smoke sessions that way. Okay. 
that sounds fun. Our birthdays are coming up, Mary Jane. I know. We got to do some virtual smoke sessions with people if they want to partake and enjoy. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, let's do it. I would love that. I would love to have some birthday cake and a virtual smoke sesh with some friends in the virtual spaces. See, we can do it. Okay, we, we can, can get through this. Do it. We can do it. I can yeah. do this. I can. Uh, I got you. Uh, we can fucking do it. Okay. Well, we've cool. gone for an hour. Okay. Do you want to keep going? Um, I'm starting to get anxious about getting home to my fur fam. Oh. I'm feeling a little nervous about them. Old boy has been holding it in like a good one forever. Yeah. Archie's got his little legs crossed. <laughs> you know? <laughs> click, 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 click. Yeah, click, click. he's probably feeling pretty nervous, so I should probably get going. Okay. Well, thank you for coming over here to record with me. Thank you for a fucking delicious sandwich and a good hang. I appreciate it. Hey. Yo, we out here, we're all doing the best we can. We are. Last thing I want to say is to everyone who has been DMing us, um, these quarantine episodes are loose, fancy free, and your DMs uh, are also fucking beautiful. Yeah. And so, um, you know, times like this where Mary Jane, you've taught me like, come on, just be good to each other. It's meant a lot to read a lot of these messages. So thank you all for coming in hot and yeah. wanting to hang. Thank you for sharing all of your fucking thoughts and, and times with us. It's fucking cool. And it's cool to know that, you know, we can be buds in people's ears right now. I don't know. I'm yeah. really glad to see you and hang out and, you know, alleviate some of the tension. 100%. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We should say we are recording at a 12-foot dining room table inside my studio apartment right now. Yes. So if you think that we are sitting like side by side yapping, just know, no, 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 I have an enormous dining room table like you would see in a Richie Rich movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're so far away, Mike. <laughs> Stay all the way over there. Six you, feet. You got it. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Hit us up at Wooden grub on instagram wg at whedongrub.com anything else wg oh yeah that's our new email address yeah. yeah and yeah i don't know let's do some virtual hangs some skype smoke what skype i don't know let's, yeah i don't know how anything works go on mary jane's only fans for a virtual smoke <laughs> <laughs> you'll be shocked and delighted by my salami nipples <laughs> mary jane you're the shit you're the shit mike thanks Bye. for hanging thank you bye everyone bye